Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. And both of us could not be any more depressed. Jimmy, <laughs> how are you today? I'm bouncing back a little bit. I mean, not for Tua's sake. I mean, gosh, what a what a tough what a tough break for that that guy. His career at Alabama now is so weird in terms of where 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 are we going to place it? How are we going to deal with his legacy and stuff like that? But you know, to some extent, that's that's for another time. There's still a lot Alabama can accomplish this year, including the playoff. People, I think, are far too negative now. I'm not saying. Uh, Alabama's going to be in the playoff or Alabama's certain to do that or that there's a strong possibility. But there is a possibility. Uh, all you have to do is, is, is be the fourth best team. It, these things aren't judged in a vacuum. We have to see what everyone else does because I can tell you that if Alabama manages to beat Western Carolina and Auburn, Oklahoma loses, Oregon loses, Utah loses, then Alabama's going to be in the playoff even if Alabama fans don't don't care for it. Uh, it, it will happen, but you know, the odds of those things happening aren't, aren't really great. But beyond that, Alabama can still accomplish a lot. Number one, beating Auburn with the backup quarterback would be a lot of fun. That, that's just period. And two, uh, probably uh, the Sugar Bowl awaits against Oklahoma or Baylor. Uh, you know, so so that, that that would be a big deal. So uh, let's uh, let's 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 see if we can't cobble together a. Uh, 12 and one sugar bowl champion season. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, the, the recency of it all is going to affect everybody for, you know, just a few days. I mean, it just happened and I'll tell you it, man, I, I, I don't know that I've ever had such a gut punch in a game. I mean, the, the kick six wasn't like this. Um, the nothing that I've ever seen or, or felt as an Alabama fan was like this. Because Tua, um, Tua is the kind of guy I think that that Alabama fans want representing us. I know that a lot of the nation feel like perhaps Harvey Updike is what represents us, but I never felt that way. Tua is the best of us, and he is an incredible kid, um, and immensely talented. And it's such a shame that his fairy tale ending was actually at the beginning. And I mean, he's done so many things since then, since the Georgia game, there's no doubt um, set all kind of records and been incredibly charismatic along the way and um, been a, an ultimate teammate and a warrior and all those things. But to have it in like this and, and in a situation that we don't know exactly how it all went down just yet, but it sure looked like Mac Jones was going in and Tua went to Saban and, and, pleaded his case to go back in, and I'm not put, placing the blame on Tua or on Saban. I'm just saying if I were a player, I'd want to do that too. If I were Tua, I would have gone up to – I remember vividly being, uh, you know, breaking my leg at, at a basketball game and coming back in a few weeks in high school, and I kept telling – I was like, just put me in. He's like, you you can't do it. And I said, well, I just want to try. You know, it's healed enough. Let me try. And um, I remember going out there, and, and, like, the first time I tried to actually run it, it – it hurt really badly. And I was like, maybe I can't do this. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, what I'm saying is when you're a competitor, you want to go out there. So, I mean, it's not stupid of Tua. It's not stupid of Saban because players play. You can't just put Tua in a bubble. I mean, because Auburn was going to come after him too. Um, it's just, it's such a, a weird happenstance. And it, it will forever go down 
as this is why you don't play players when you're up 35 to seven, when really that's a stupid way to look at this. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was in late into the third, blowing out Wake Forest. Justin Fields has been on the field uh, practically every game into the third, despite the fact that Ohio State is wiping the floor with everybody. So, man, it's just it's just a weird confluence of events. And I just I can't hate it for him anymore. Just sitting here talking about it, I hope that people listening can hear the pain in my voice. I mean, man, I I, I feel like it's one of my own family members that got hurt. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you're not. I, I don't think popular is, is a is even the right word to use when it, when it comes to describe Tua. Uh, he's he's one of the faces of the dynasty, and even even though here's how good he is. He won a national championship, and frankly, he won a national. He won a national championship as a true freshman quarterback at Alabama. He did that. He did that, and yet somehow we look back on it and go, "He only won one." That's that's how good Tua yeah. was. It's like it's, it's it's almost like stunning that in three years he only managed to win one national championship for Alabama. And and, and make no question, I know he did, he didn't start a game that year but he won the national championship for Alabama as a freshman and then was on his way to win maybe a unanimous Heisman before injuring the ankle, then the other ankle. That was tragic on an individual basis. Uh, gets hurt uh, in the SEC championship game, and, and, and Jalen Hurts comes off the bench for, for that. And then, uh, but, but then rehabs his way into the playoff and, and played a really, really fine game against Oklahoma in his first game back, particularly that first half, was as good a quarterback a half as you'll ever see at Alabama. And then to go into his junior year, preseason number one, maybe one of the Heisman favorites, and to live up to it and to play up to it, and then only to be hurt again uh, with first the ankle and then the, the real bad injury. Just a crazy story. But I will say this, uh, and, and nothing's changed my mind on this, you know. And I'll, I'll pick, I'll pick my words carefully because I don't, because I think it's easy to get some things confused. But in terms of playing the quarterback position while at Alabama, two is the best there's ever been. That that that's my adamant opinion. Better than Namath, better than Stabler, better than Starr, better than McCarron better than all of them in terms of playing the quarterback position at Alabama two is the best we've ever had in the history of the school. Uh, there are other categories like most accomplished. I would argue AJ remains the most accomplished in terms of wins and awards. But again, that stuff is severely affected by injury and longevity of career, nothing else. So uh, God, what, what a loss, what a loss, but uh, we will find out one day that Alabama football is bigger than Nick Saban. Uh, Alabama football is bigger than Tua or Julio or any number of fantastic individual great guys and great players at Alabama. And uh, we'll play another game. Well, as a matter of fact, we'll play another game in six days, and then we'll play a really big one after that because all the Alabama-Auburn games are big. And uh, a confluence of events could happen elsewhere that might make Auburn truly big. Uh, and – Let's see how Mac Jones will do. You know, every time Mac has, has come into the game, I think he's done okay. I thought he did really well against Arkansas when he had a whole week to prepare as a starter. I think we're going to see a really good and efficient Mac Jones this upcoming Saturday, and then we'll probably see Talia play quite a bit because now we got to get a number two quarterback ready. 
uh, and, and that's going to have to be Talia now. Uh, so there, there's still some interesting football left, and uh, we had a lot of standout performances. And what was really a good win, I, I put this on Twitter, and I think some people got confused by what I meant by it when I said that Alabama beat Mississippi State by more points than the LSU did, and no one's talking about that. Some people took it as some sort of direct comparison to LSU, or I was sour grapesing the LSU loss. That wasn't it at all. I was trying to point out that, hey, LSU's the number one team in the country. We beat Mississippi State worse than they did. I know the Tua injury overshadowed everything, but there hasn't been enough talk about that. That was a really impressive Alabama win uh, yesterday. We thoroughly destroyed a, a fairly okay conference opponent on the road, uh, and, uh, and it was a good win. And, and the defense played well. Najee Harris has developed into the back that we all thought he might be one day. He's turning into that guy. And, uh, yeah, so th- there, there is some good things, too. There are definitely some good things. Um, and I've kind of, man, I, you know, we could talk about this Mississippi State game, but, um, and we could talk about Najee Harris, and I think we'll have time to do that. I'm, I'm sort of treating this particular podcast as a, uh, a farewell, thank you, and, and uh, remembrance of Tua Tungvaluwa. Uh, you know, I was just doing some quick numbers, and, and frankly, I'm again, I'm going to tell the truth, and I'm sure I'm not alone here. I, I believe a lot of Alabama fans feel the same way. Um, after that injury. I kind of lost interest in football for the day in a day where it was a great day for football. And I watched Auburn, Georgia, um, but I just, my heart wasn't in it. And then I, I stayed up as long as I could for Baylor and Oklahoma. I ended up falling asleep uh, unbelievably during that game and and woke up early this morning and and watched it again on replay. But, um, you know, I, I just don't know what to say, but I was running through some numbers here. Just I, I didn't come prepared for this podcast. I didn't know exactly when we would be doing this podcast. And so I'm, I'm just sort of letting this thing be a, a visceral reaction to Tua. To but I, I did some quick numbers here. And I think it's fair to say in year one uh, of Tua, his freshman year, I'm going to say he t- played a grand total enough minutes to equal three games of game time do you think that's fair a number just bear with me how many pass if you're looking at it how many pass attempts as a freshman well no what i'm saying is minutes played as a true freshman um you know he played a whole half against uh georgia obviously he played you know close to a half against vanderbilt that year right 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 yeah i guess you look at it that way i think three games is fair so that's three games gonna go by pass attempts and assume yeah, you know, twenty-five a game is is pretty solid. So if he had over seventy-five pass attempts, and I believe he did, off the top of my head for sure, uh, yeah, maybe more than three games. All right, well, let's just let's call it three for the sake of time. Because here's the other thing: yeah. when in those games, he wasn't really playing to a ball; he was handing it off right. a lot. Correct. Um, then last year he played fifteen games, so there's eighteen total games. And this year, uh, he. I'm going to call it nine games, but he, he missed one totally, and he missed most of Tennessee and most most of Mississippi State. So, but I'm going to call it nine games. So that's a total of 27 games he's played uh, as an Alabama quarterback, despite only playing 27 total games. He's number three in passing yards for a career. He's number one in passing yards for a single season. Uh, and he probably would have blown that record out of the water this year if he'd been able to stay healthy. He has the number three, number four, twice, tied number four and number five are tied, and number seven, which is also tied with McCarron, 
four of the excuse me yeah he's got four of the individual records for most passing yards in a game he has the record for most touchdown passes in a game at 85 and so when you divide that by 27 and I'm you know again I'm being generous saying he's, he's played 27 games that's three touchdowns a game he has the single season record first and second for most touchdowns in a game in a, in a season with 43 and 31 this year and uh the most touchdown passes uh, record for touchdowns in a single game against Ole Miss this year. And then he's tied with Hollingsworth three times for the second most with five in a game. Um, I mean, I, you know, we can say A.J. McCarron is more decorated, and I think that's probably true or more accomplished. However, I think if you compare apples to apples, Tua Tungvaluwa far and away, Kenny yeah. Stabler be damned, Joe Namath be damned, who um, throw out whoever you want to. Tua is the gold standard for Alabama quarterbacks. And as I'm sitting here saying all this, I, I seriously, I mean, I'm sure other people feel the same. I've got a lump in my throat. I just, I feel so sick for him and his family. And when they showed uh, his parents in the stands and they had this look of, on their face, like, Oh God, not again. And it just is, it's just heartbreaking. I hope Jimmy that, um, you know, I don't know what the insurance situation is in college anymore. I, and I guess I hate to even bring this he question won't, up. I'm he won't have any med- He won't have any medical. He won't, he won't have any medical expenses. That's all. That's all. We're questioning about a diminished draft value. I, I I don't believe that such a policy exists. I mean, who okay. would cover that? It's too legally. That's just too speculative. No insurance company. How, how would you ever evaluate that? Yeah. Uh, because the, there is nothing less certain. So. Uh, but, won't have any medic uh, all, all players at the University of Alabama are covered by uh, a health insurance policy that's paid for by Alabama that's part of it and they're all fully fully covered uh so there won't be any medical expenses even post career uh there wouldn't be any medical expenses for Tua. just a quick suggestion me in Alabama you might be far away from your um router or modem or whatever the hell operates this internet thing you've got but so just get a little closer to it because you were getting a little choppy um jeez. Oh, i mean you know here's the other thing that's kind of sad about this um is there were three other pretty significant injuries to raekwon davis henry ruggs which apparently is just a, a bruised rib and uh dj dale who who knows just yet and i don't think anybody's even going to bring those things up right now just because of Tua and I think those three guys would all be like yeah that's that's fair um you know we all need to concentrate <laughs> his injury is worse than any of the others um but here here's something else I was talking to a friend uh, leaving Birmingham Day heading to Ellick City and I'm gonna be driving to Orlando a little bit in, in a little bit um that if if any other team in the country I, I would say if you started the season if you said okay who are our top five players it'd be Tua Dylan Moses probably Jerry, Judy, Raekwon, and probably Ruggs or Najee, three of those five are done. for the And, and one of them's been done for the whole year, and, and two of them are now done for the rest of the year. Uh, and then add on top, maybe LeBron Ray is certainly in the, would have been in the top ten. Uh, I would say Will Reichert would be in the top ten of most important. And um, Miller Forrestal, he wouldn't be in the top ten, but he was our starting uh, tight end. So – I mean, any other team in the country, Ohio State, Clemson, whomever, deals with injuries like this, their season's in the toilet. And ours isn't. We have a shot 
I'm not ready to talk about that shot just yet. I'll talk about that in the next podcast, I'm sure. But, uh, man, has there ever been a season like this with injuries when you factor in the basketball injuries on top of that and the basketball bad luck of not getting Javon Quinterly's um, waiver and losing two five-star guys in the past week that we thought we had and losing Eric Gilbert to LSU in a completely surprise move for the Ballyhoo tight end. I'm telling you, it's been the worst two weeks in, in Alabama history to me. I don't know about worst two weeks in Alabama history, but uh, I do know this. It has been uh, a weird two or three weeks where it doesn't seem like much has gone right. Even in a nice road win over Mississippi State, we have the the tremendously bad injury luck that went beyond Tua, as you pointed out. Totally nuts. Uh, I know this all during this offseason. When we look forward to next season, we will also be looking back and we will say repeatedly that Alabama's 2019 season was defined by the injuries. It started with Dylan Moses and it never stopped. But considering that we may be saying that Alabama finished 12 and one sugar bowl champions and the only loss being a, a five point loss to, to a playoff, uh, a potential national champion. Uh, I, I will adamantly say, I mean, adamantly say that a completely healthy 2019 Alabama team that had Dylan Moses and Forrest Stahl and Trey Sanders and, and all the, the talent that Alabama lost would have won the national title. I know that that's hollow. It means nothing. And it's also just a subjective opinion, but it's certainly what, uh, what I'm going to believe. Uh, the, it was the injuries that started with Dylan. I mean, we, we said at the time, look, we used the term when we lost Dylan, we lost the Tua of the defense. <laughs> then we lost the two of the offense. Yeah. And that was that. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy, for the first time since we've been doing this podcast, I get to do a 60-second live read now. So bear with me, everybody. Um, because I mean, frankly, it's 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 tough to talk about anything but how sorry I feel for Tua and the whole Tungavaloa family right now. But I am gonna do this live read and I want everybody to pay attention to me if you don't mind. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I've had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it, or I'm sorry, honey, the greatest quarterback in Alabama history has left me not feeling like I'm ready for something like this. But with Roman, True that. Yeah, but with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is also simple. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete with an online visit. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash locked. Look at all the uh, happiness. Look at all the <laughs> happiness we're bringing even in this time of woe. Yeah, I, I mean, again, 
if there was ever a time, I, I thought I was going to need Roman just to get off the couch after that happened to, to Tua. Like, I, I needed something to help prop me up. I mean, I was just – I had sunk into the crevices of the cushion, Jimmy. We all would have gotten off the couch had you done that. But thankfully, <laughs> here we are on a yeah, podcast. It would have been weird because, would have been weird because uh, I, I was watching the game by myself. <laughs> boy, you, boy, that Luke, he really likes football. <laughs> well, that would have been just my luck. Like, you know, my my postmates delivery would have come in. He'd be like, "Man, you wanted this Chick Fil A, didn't you, buddy?" <laughs> Pizza guys here. Oh, ah, uh, but but Jimmy. Um, all right. Well, let's 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 do something a little different here. And again, it's it's the most crippling, figuratively and literally, thirty-eight to seven win in the history of Alabama football. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, you agree? I mean, uh, it's it sounds ludicrous, but at the same time, I certainly can't name another. So you're probably onto something. And I want to get into we'll get into Mac Jones and what he th- we think he can do uh, these next few weeks. Um, he's going to get. I tell you what's about to happen. I, I can see this coming from a mile away. Um, in a couple of days, when the shock of all this and the sadness of Tua sort of wears off, and everybody gets back into okay, we got to move on with it. People are going to look at Mac Jones and realize, oh, well, Alabama only scored three points after Tua went out. But that's not going to be fair in the least, and okay. we can talk about that later. What I want to do right now, Jimmy, is just give me your favorite Tua moment from his career at Alabama. Well, I mean, I think we all know. Yeah. Let's not go with the obvious. I mean, it was probably – the most it it's arguably the most iconic play in college football history not just alabama's history or the playoff history or the championship history it might be the most iconic play in the history of college football a ball thrown by Tua. but i don't know i think i'll name one and and it's a play that i think if you ask Tua right now he might tell you he wants it back and it's not a play that saban was probably super happy with but how about in his first his first start Let's remember that even though he won the national championship, he came into his sophomore year in a quarterback battle with Jalen Hurts, which Tua won, and Tua starts the Louisville game. And and at the time, we really didn't understand, you know, that Louisville was in the midst of a horrific collapse. There was actually uh, a little bit of hype going into the game, a little bit, not not really, but because Lamar Jackson had left Louisville, and Louisville was about to embark on two years of disaster. But, but. I think the play where Tua was scrambling around, got turned around, did a 360 avoiding pressure, saw Jerry Judy flash in the corner of his eye, threw a ball into the end zone that Jerry Judy caught for a touchdown. I think that all showed his athleticism. It showed his feel for the position. It showed his accuracy. It showed how quickly he can get rid of the ball once he makes up his mind to throw it. Uh, that, That play showed a lot about Tua, and it was in his very first start. Uh, at Alabama, and it was kind of a kickoff to two months of everyone in college football saying this sophomore quarterback at Alabama is the best player in college football, uh, and it was sort of kicked off by that Louisville game and that highlight touchdown throw to, to Jerry Judy. I, I can certainly buy that one. That one is one that will certainly stand out, there's no doubt. Um, and I think a lot of people may go with the pass in the Vanderbilt game where he spun out of pressure – and then just drops an absolute dime for a touchdown. And I want to he say was that a freshman. Yeah, he was a true freshman, and he just—I mean—and and Gary Davis, it was unbelievable. Like, holy, 
holy cow. But you know what? <laughs> one that really does it for me is Tennessee 2017 when he comes in and throw he throws an absolute laser to Henry Ruggs and Rugg he catch he hits Ruggs in stride, which is just I mean incredible right. because Ruggs is so fast. And he hits him in stride on a crossing route, and Ruggs turns it up and scores a touchdown. And I want to say that was Ruggs' fifth catch of the year, and he had five touchdowns. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gary, Gary Danielson it was like, holy shit. I, I mean, how do you even make that play? I mean, that's an incredible play. And it, it seemed rather innocuous because we were beating Tennessee's doors off. But it was, it was unbelievable. And it, all it told us was, this is what this kid has. And um, – Ah, oh, man, I i mean, it's its so hard to get through this. I don't know if anybody else feels this way. Maybe I'm supposed to be more professional and and say, no, well, not us. injuries happen. Not us. Not us. Other, that's sick. for other people. I'm, I'm sick to my stomach. It literally affected me yesterday. Oh, well, of course. Of course. I was really worried. I, we, we both have good good sources into things. Uh, we're not really the type of of, of podcast or, or journalists who break stories. That's not what we do. That's not what people come to us for. So we don't do that. But me and you, I think had a pretty decent lifetime update best, best we could about what was going on with him medically best we could. So there, it's honest to say there was some concern during points of, of that about Tua's life, about whether he would ever be able to play football again. Uh, th- those were real concerns. I don't even think those concerns are 100% over, although now it, it, it certainly appears likely that he's going to be fine. But uh, there were some some anxious moments uh, just after the injury and after he was properly diagnosed by Alabama's outstanding medical team uh, that he was diagnosed and fixed. had to literally put his hip back in its socket uh, mm. there at the stadium uh, along with other procedures to make sure that the blood flow wasn't interrupted, which could have caused major problems. Uh, and, and, and then just being helicoptered to Birmingham, uh, that, they, they don't do that for a torn ACL. You know, uh, it was a big deal. And uh, I was very, very, very concerned for Tua and his family uh, and Tua's long-term health. Thankfully, 24 hours later, or almost 24 hours later, those concerns are a bit alleviated. In terms of it, it does appear that Tua will be able to play football next year. I'll say this, though. Cecil's column uh, on the injury is fantastic, as always. There's no one better equipped to write a a column like that than Cecil Hurt, and it's outstanding. If you haven't read it yet, I encourage our listeners to go to ToddSports.com and read Cecil's uh, column about Tua's injury that he wrote actually yesterday on Saturday, right after it happened. But, uh, gosh, uh, (laughs) When when it, it, it was such an um, emotional thing, it, it was it was kind of hard to get zapped back into the game because there was so much worry about two. I'm watching it going, gosh, what what? But anyway, Cecil Cecil's column basically indicates that uh, without saying it, that there is a zero chance that Tua will return to Alabama. Many national columns have said that. I have said all season long there is zero chance of Tua returning to Alabama, but. You know, I just saw a clip of Mel Kuyper, who I'm a big, big Mel Kuyper fan, really like him. Uh, Mel was asked his opinion this morning on ESPN about how Tua's injury affects his, his his status with the draft. And while Mel doesn't have medical information yet, uh, neither do NFL teams yet exactly about Tua's injury, 
Mel did indicate that because of durability, you know, reasonable durability questions about Tua being that he had serious injuries causing him to miss time in both seasons in which he was a starter at Alabama, including this hip injury. Uh, Mel basically said, you know, right now, Tua, you have to consider him number three behind Burrow and Justin Herbert. And while that's likely to change because so much changes in the evaluation process between the all-star games, the combines, the workouts, the in-depth film study, the meetings, so much changes. However, that said, there has to be at least a discussion amongst Tua's family and experts, including Nick Saban. There has to be at least a discussion about the value of returning if, in fact, in, if in fact it's true that he has fallen to quarterback number three or worse. Is Tua definitely leaving if the discussion is, does Tua's durability now take questions take him out of the first round? Do you leave uh, when he could come back and, and, and pay, prove his health and be the number one pick overall? So I, I'm, I'm saying the opposite. I fully expect Tua to, to announce and declare for the NFL draft and not subject himself to injuries anymore without getting paid millions of dollars to do it. I'm saying Tua is coming out. I'm just saying that I, I'm sure there will be a discussion and, and it'll be interesting, you know, to see where that leads. Your quarterback, you definitely, that's my advice to anybody, but so, so I'm not, I'm not ready to use definitely yet to know more about them. All right. Jimmy has uh, dropped here for a second. Let's see if we can get him back. Uh, Jimmy, are you still with us? Jimmy, are you can still you hear me there? now? Yeah, you sort of you you sort of cut out there for a minute. Um, but I, I get where you're going. In fact, I was going to bring that up. Like, I, I that's the next thing a lot of people start asking is, will Tua come back? I fully expect him to declare for the draft as well. Um, it would be moderately shocking if he came back. However, it, I guess it just depends on how this whole diagnosis goes and and how the procedure ends up because, um. You know, who knows? But if he does come back, how does that affect somebody like Bryce Young? Uh, how does it affect any of the other quarterbacks on the roster? It's, it's you know, it's an interesting dynamic. But if I had my Rathers um, or Druthers, if you're a Gene Stallings fan, uh, I want Tua to come back if he can. Um, if he wants to. If he, if he wants to go get the money, God bless you, son. I thank you so much <laughs> for your service and for giving us all these fantastic memories. I can't thank you enough. But if you want to come back, I promise you, we will put our arms around you. It doesn't matter what recruit or what current roster member it costs us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be great for Alabama. But I think we all want what's best for Tua and whatever Tua and his family decide. I 100 percent support. I'm just saying that uh, the tenor of a lot of the columns yeah. and stories all over the country today is that's the last we've seen of Tua at Alabama. That's 99% true, right. but there has to be a discussion within 24 hours when Mel Kuyper is saying, well, I think, uh, I think he's fallen down to, to quarterback number three, uh, you know, <laughs> that there has to be a discussion about the value of returning. If in fact, that's the case for all I know, for all we know, sitting here, the Bengals who currently have the first pick, the Bengals watch what happened yesterday. have been on the phone with the doctors already and go, we don't care. This is our number one guy. Maybe maybe that's what's happening, and there shouldn't be a discussion of Tua returning if that's the fact. But there's just 
just a little that has to play out there medically and with the NFL evaluations, I think, before we can be 100% certain. But if you want me to put a percentage on the chances of, of Tua returning to Alabama, even with all that's happened, I would say it's certainly less than 10%. Oh, yeah. And probably less than 5%. Oh, man, just a really devastating, devastating day. Um, surely, hopefully, we can all uh, move past this. And and I, I'm really hoping that the, um, as I said in the text to our group, I hope that the, the team eventually, you know, they take a day of mourning, essentially. That's what they probably should do is I hope Saban said, look, guys, you know, process be damned. Everybody chill for a day and let's – Let's get ready for Western Carolina starting on Monday. Um, but I'm hoping that the team can rally around Mac Jones in sort of a win one for the Polynesian Gipper type situation here. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping we can still beat Auburn. I am not confident. A lot of people are. A lot of people – I know a lot of Auburn fans, and they are also down on Gus Malzahn after that loss yesterday and some really inexplicable play calling that uh, – that they don't feel like that that Auburn's going to be ready for Alabama. But, you know, with this number of injuries, I feel like Auburn's going to treat it like their Super Bowl. Gus is going to treat it like uh, like the game that it is. And, and Alabama, I'm scared, is going to show up with their head in a fog. Hopefully they won't. Hopefully some things change between now and then. It's very difficult to predict uh, a week and a half or more out because my head is in a fog right now. So I don't really know what to do about that. Um, and – you know, Jimmy, I guess all we can say right now is roll tide, roll to a roll. We love you forever. We appreciate you, buddy. I know you're listening. No, you of are. course, of course, of course. Well, hey, he's, got, he's got plenty of time to listen to some podcasts right now. I mean, that's <laughs> hey. So hello to a hope the surgery or our procedures or tests and the MRIs have all gone well. And thanks for listening again. Thank you for listening again to it. And thanks. we love you. I mean, is we that do. weird? Should I not say that? It's. You know I don't think you should me? say it. I don't think you should say it in the same in the same podcast where you delivered the sixty second uh, Roman uh, read in. But <laughs> I didn't say it right after that. I, that would have been <laughs> it was like right. It was like right during. Yeah. It was like I miss Tua already so much. And speaking of that, here we go. <laughs> oh man! All right, well, buddy, I appreciate you joining me on this heartbreaking. Uh, Sunday, and um, we will get after it again. Uh, we're, we're doing this podcast on a Sunday, and I'm going to put it out early. It's going to be the podcast for Sunday and Monday, essentially. And then we'll have another podcast on Tuesday where hopefully we will have moved on a little bit um, and we can start talking about the maybe some good news. Maybe we will have some good news about Tua in terms of how the procedure went. You know, Alabama issued a statement saying it went fine, but, you know, maybe we'll, things will be a little bit clearer by then, and we'll also have a better sense of where the team is in terms of a mental state and Jimmy, oh, I just, we, we, we play Furman Tuesday. And so it's firm. Welcome to Furman hate week. Furman hate week. Yeah. Furman I'm, hate you know week. what? These hate weeks haven't been working out in basketball. I'm going to say, <laughs> let's, let's just say I'm just gruntled with Furman right now. <laughs> I'm angry that I don't know if you spell paladins with one L or two. So uh, I'm, I'm really pissed off about that. I'm not even sure if you use two D's. I mean, I don't even, is there a style of J at the beginning? I don't know. I, I don't know. And that's why I hate them. <laughs> yeah. They should be more, they should let us know how to spell their nickname. Um, Damn it. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.